Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Welcome to episode 96 of the Disney Brit podcast for Wednesday the 20th of June and joining me as always is Juz. Hello Juz. Hello Disney pod people. Hello Adam. How are you doing? Okay, you? Yeah, I'm good. Sun's out, which makes a change and uh, I'm, I'm a little bit bleary eyed but other than that I'm good and uh, joining us is Kez as well. Hello Kez. Hi guys. I'm quite surprised you're awake. I know, it's been a very long week. You've had lots of shows and stuff haven't you? Yep, and it's five weeks until the next one begins. You, you and your burlesque. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, that's oh, not what it is, is it? Show. Oh, family show. Family no. show, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're okay. I'm fine. That's good. It's been a couple of weeks since we were last with you, and uh, in that time there's lots of Disney news that's come out and about, so we're going to share that with you. And also, over the past weekend, I took a trip to Disneyland Paris, to see all of the 20th anniversary stuff that was going on finally managed to get out there and we're going to share some of that stuff with you as well and the opportunity to uh, sort of talk about all of those bits and pieces and then that will pretty much be the whole show so we've kind of got a Walt Disney World Disneyland Paris news bit and then a Disneyland Paris features bit I suppose is the way it's going to work so um, I suppose with any further ado let's get on with this week's Disney news and rumours good morning sire good morning Zazu checking in with the morning report. Fire away. Right, uh, we'll start off then with uh, some great news that Disney are continuing to celebrate the anniversaries of all the parks with D23's Epcot 30th anniversary celebration. It really does seem that D23 has done exactly what it says on the tin. It was going to bring some really great stuff for those Disney fans who really wanted to enjoy it. And on the 1st of October this year, they're going to mark the 30th anniversary of Epcot uh, by having... Uh, what is basically a big event that's going to take people back in time to when the 21st century begins, as they call it. Those uh, early years when guests first marvelled at the astute computer, uh, the smilitzers and riding on sunshine, all those bits and pieces. Well, if you are going along to this event and you are a D23 member, it's going to be happening on Sunday, September 30th. So not the first, but the day before. And you are going to have the opportunity to get hold of the following... Access to all presentations, a commemorative gift, uh, access to D23 exclusive merchandise, uh, world key level admission will also include, as the next step up, or 
uh, all features of the Walt Disney World, uh, the World Passport admission, which was the previous ticket, reserve seating for all presentations, a special dessert reception at 8 o'clock inside the exclusive Future World Lounge, exclusive meet and greet opportunities with Disney Legends and Epcot Luminaries, and a reception will also include screening of rare film footage of Epcot's early days. Now, as I've said, it's on Sunday. Uh, September 30th it will be taking place in the World Showplace Pavilion which is right at the very very back of the park uh, pre-registration will be on Saturday the 29th from 2 till 5 at Epcot Main Gate and the World Showplace Pavilion also between 7.30 and 9.30 uh, they will be at the World Showplace Pavilion and then the programme takes place between 9am and continues all the way through to 5.30pm uh, tickets currently are not available, they'll be available as of the 21st of June at 10am Pacific Centre uh, Pacific- no, get it right Pacific time uh, World Passport for the general experience is going to be $65 with $185 for the world key experience now the some of the presentations are going to be going on Hooray for the 21st century which is going to be looking at uh, stuff to do with the exper- experimental prototype community of tomorrow there's going to be a presentation about the music of Epcot Centre uh, something called We Can Do It where they hear about stories about visits to foreign countries and things like that as the world showcase concepts come to life um, Ron Logan, one of the Disney legends, is going to be there to talk about the Epcot Center opening festivities. There's going to be Making Memories, Epcot on Film, Looking Back at Tomorrow, the Epcot Center that Never Was, uh, Imaginary Epcot, and Epcot an extra perspective close-up on things as well so there's loads and loads of really great stuff now Juz, you are a huge epcot fan does any of this appeal to you oh definitely anything they do at epcot sounds cool and this this to me is just awesome it's what should have probably happened five years ago um mm. but no i'm not complaining if i could i'd be there in a heartbeat sounds brilliant especially that presentation to do with um the trips to the foreign countries to talk to participants of the different world showcase pavilions as long as it's not fast, get the fan spare. <laughs> yeah, no, just the French. But Kaz, are you uh, as big an Epcot fan? Yeah, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And as with Jazz, I would be there in a heartbeat if I could. Um, but I'll be in California at that time, so um, <laughs> in Cars Land. <laughs> Listen to her. Um, but um, yeah, it's really, really amazing. It's, it will show you all things. Obviously, I was too young to see. Like being too. built and stuff, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> and all the stuff that you wish you could have seen, things that you want them to bring back. It'd be lovely to see all of that kind of stuff. Sixty-five dollars for the basic ticket isn't that bad, I don't think, for something like this. You still need to have a park admission, though. So if you're well, that's true. It could get a bit pricey because if I was going to go, I'd probably go to the other one, just get the world key, just so you make sure you see everything. So you kind still of pay it just happens once. What you say? You'd still pay it, would you? Oh, without a shadow of doubt. I'd, I'd leave my kids with and uh, um, missus with you, and me and Kes will go in. Okay, so well, are you going for the $185 or the $65? The top, mate. The top, Yeah. Mate. Okay, so you got dessert reception, uh, meet and greet with legends, and the screenings, and uh, reserved seating, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, at my age, you can't hang on for the 40th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, there you go. If you are going along to that, do let us know, because we'd love to hear uh, what you thought of it when you were there, and it's a little way off, but uh, hey, that doesn't matter. Um, let's continue in Epcot Jazz. Yeah, it's really cool. We mentioned Wi-Fi last show, um, and basically this summer you'll be able to try free Wi-Fi in Epcot. They've chosen the best part possible, <laughs> so they've gone to there. They said Magic Kingdom, yeah, nobody likes it. Epcot, 
just likes it and the old folk the old folk know about this electronic stuff so yeah there's going to be hot spots located near to tented areas so guests can take a rest in the shade see they're thinking of old people here uh, while they clunk their emails and talk to their grandchildren but yeah it, it's the start of it you know we'll take it for granted next year it exists um Disney apps will will be able to utilise in it. It's just so much potential. Brilliant idea. Uh, well done, and let's go for it. Let's roll it out across the whole mm. area. Because we already talked about this in Orlando, didn't we? Um, and about I think you said that the infrastructure really is already in place. Yeah, it is, but there's always been a it's always been a money maker, and they use a third party. So I don't know if they've actually got rid of that and done it themselves. But no, I think it's brilliant. I think you go elsewhere and it's always there. But I think. Disney will do something with this. It gives the ability to play around with their apps a lot more. Mm. I think the whole thing's just going to be, you know, you can sit in a queue and you can do certain things with other people, perhaps in a different queue. I think it's brilliant. Well, it's it's just really pure marketing for them, in a way. You know, they give you free internet, then people are going to tweet, they're going to post photos on Facebook, yeah. they're going to put their statuses up on Facebook, they'll be checking in on Facebook and on Foursquare and all these things, and everything, every time it appears online, you know, it's something else for somebody to see. So, I I don't see why it's taking them so long to get it's this It's not worth far. checking in, because Lou Mangiello will be the mayor of everywhere. No, that's true. <laughs> he probably will be the mayor of everywhere. But still, you know, it's it's that fun thing and, and especially when we're talking about uh, now we've got the mobile magic app and we were saying that you know actually it's, it's no use to British people unless they've got some really good international roaming sort of rates because mm. it's going to be too expensive but if there's going to be free Wi-Fi in the park suddenly mobile magic becomes accessible to everybody with now the introduction of um, already three they're going to be introducing a 3G for FaceTime and things like that you're also going to be able to use FaceTime using the Wi-Fi so it's going to be able to connect between those two whether you've got your Wi-Fi or not so there's those elements as well that are coming into it you know you imagine for, you know, from a Disney fan point of view if there's something going on and then suddenly they, somebody can do a, a history walk of a certain area because they've suddenly got Wi-Fi in the park to do it it, it brings endless possibilities really um, so I'm kind of looking forward to what this brings and whether yeah. this continues to grow Right, let's head over to... You never ask Kez, and she's the app oh, developer, so she's probably got about a billion apps. No, I think it's brilliant, and it's really going to open the doors with Disney, as long as they can keep up the speed, because I've heard like, recently it's been quite slow. So if they can get the speed... The resorts have been quite slow, haven't they? Mm, and there's been talk online that Epcot's been slightly slow, and they've had a few like issues. Um, but if they can ramp that speed up and keep it consistent, then I think it'll be really useful. They can have yeah. like interactive... You can almost do virtual things like um, Sources of the Magic Kingdom and Kim Possible and things like that but on like a virtual level so you know, mm. you're not technically like making things happen but you're making things happen in like a virtual world and stuff so that could be quite cool well there's, uh, there's a cool thing on one of the apps uh, that you've got for Disneyland Paris I'll come to that later that works really, really well and uh, to do with uh, sort of 3D stuff and virtual stuff, and I'll explain that a little bit later when I talk about Can it. Can I just point out, though, I remember 14 four modems and the fact that people go it slow, but that's what we used to be used to. Mm. Yeah, it's still faster than <laughs> the You know what, I'm a great believer, the fact that the best things ever written are for consoles, because consoles have a limitation of what they can do. Mm. So people's programming gets better over the years for a console because people's engines get better. And people should probably think about that to make their software a lot lighter than it is, quicker and more responsive, mm. rather than trying to wear it up. Yeah, I agree. So no matter how slow it is, your app will still be amazing. 
There yeah, but then you're, you might be limiting the features, though, if you do that. No, yeah, I'm not sure a damn good programmer like you. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> Lazy programmers make Sorry, come back in a minute. <laughs> now okay. finished. No, you finished. Right, <laughs> there we go. We've all had our little chat. But let's go over to uh, the Magic Kingdom then, and uh, things are looking up. The second for, class uh, park to, in, in Orlando. That, that's the one. Looking up for Dumbo, I believe. <laughs> yep, the, um, there's a new like pre-show area where you'll queue, well, not technically queuing anymore, for the new Dumbo. Um, you go inside Dumbo's circus tent, and there's like a huge playground now for the children, and they're trying this... Um, non-queuing queuing thing <laughs> so you've got well like you have, did well yeah, did so I well know I'm about that. to explain though I'm about to explain she's won the English like, of English award for 2012 because she, she is well good <laughs> at that English is it I'm knackered right anyway <laughs> so like you have um, for reservations in the um, restaurants throughout Disney they give you a pager and it holds your place in the queue so you know when your table's ready. And this is a very similar thing. So instead of queuing in a traditional queue, you're given this pager that holds your place in the traditional queue whilst your children go and play in this big play area. And there's lots of slides and climbing frames and like rope ladders and stuff. And it basically looks like the circus that Dumbo takes part in. It's got the burning building that he flies down from. And so basically your kids can get entertained whilst you um, queue so they don't you get less children like crying because of the heat and stuff like that. Which will be good. It will be very good. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how because I know a lot of adults like to ride it. I don't really, but I, I would ride it because I think it looks quite cool now with all the um, water and the uh, lighting effects and stuff. So I'd probably give it a go. And, and over I know, the past few days they've taken the walls down the second number, haven't they? Ready for mm-hmm. it to open in July. So yeah, that's going to be amazing. I really, I will go and see it. Like when we go next year, I'll definitely make a effort to go and see it and ride it now. So but... it's going to make you go, Jez. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It just looks, it looks really cool, though. It does look cool inside. The, the tunnels and everything. Are no. But actually, really it'll probably drive me nuts. So lots of tiny children running around and screaming. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It'll be fine. It'll all be good. It's not a problem. So it's good to see they've got Double Dumbo open now mm. and they've got that area. Um, hopefully they'll start utilising that properly over the next few weeks, maybe if it's just a test phase and things like that. Yeah, I wonder how quickly the queue's going to move through that because if you've got two Dumbos effectively now, yeah. it should move a lot quicker. I don't know well, like, think if children will get much time to play in there. You don't you know. I think if there's a two-hour queue often for Dumbo during the day, it, yeah. in theory, the, logistically, it should say that now you should have no more than an hour's wait. Mm. For any for Dumbo at any time, but I don't know whether that will logically work. We or see, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We need mm. uh, we need Lantaster on here. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's. All, I know he's already worked on the algorithms for uh, touring plans and lines and stuff like that already. Um, he's already started to test out that system, so he'll know exactly what's going on. So we'll have to ask him and see what he says. Mm, definitely. Um, right now, talking about all these wonderful things that you can enjoy inside the park. Yes, you can enjoy great free wi-fi yes you can enjoy twice as much dumbo but also you can enjoy the price rise that's just happened in walt disney world because uh, over the past few weeks in fact on the 3rd of june disney upped all of their ticket prices uh for if you were buying your magic your way ticket in uh, walt disney world now it also does affect those tickets if you had bought um your surpasses your ultimate uh park passes in the uk as well but on this occasion, if you are buying your tickets just sort of on the daily basis, whether that be a one day all the way up to a 10 day, 
then there is a slight price rise and especially a slight price rise in the annual passes and as I talk about it my web page has just disappeared that has got all my prices and everything on it so I'm hoping that's going to open up again in a minute otherwise I'm going to have to try and waffle my way out of uh, what I'm talking about and you guys are going to sit there and (laughs) well exactly so uh, let's explain what's going on with ticket prices then Firstly, a one-day admission has risen from 85 to $89 plus tax. So we've got a $4 pay rise, uh, $4 pay rise, $4 <laughs> ticket rise, uh, plus your tax on top of that. Now, Jules, didn't you say you were reading somewhere that come three or four years' time, you reckon we're going to be looking at a $100 a day ticket? Yeah, that's what they're saying now. It's going to break the $100 mark. Wow. Which makes you suddenly realise, actually, we get quite a good deal with the mm. stuff that we get in the UK. But I'll explain this sort of site. Uh, ticket rises in that as well Uh, so looking at uh, the majority of them they're not all going up so much and all the information is on our website so I'm not going to go through the whole lot and bore you with it Um, but there's some price rises in uh, a few places as you go through but the biggest one the one that's caused I suppose the most fuss controversy is the ticket price for annual passes now an annual pass has actually gone up and this is just your standard annual pass uh, from $519 to $574 and your premium annual pass has risen from $649 to $699 of which is a big pay rise a big why do we keep saying pay, yeah. pay big ticket rise anyway but then the most controversial element of this is that Disney have not only put up the prices of the annual and premium annual pass for uh, adults They've now increased the children's price, so they're also exactly the same. So it doesn't matter whether you are three upwards, you pay $574 for your annual pass and $699 for your premium annual pass. So as soon as you hit three, that's it. It's going to cost you the same price. Now, is there a logic as to why they've done this, do you think, other than to make lots of money? The only thing I can think of is the new Fantasyland, and that's why the children's has gone up so much, because obviously that's geared at that three to nine age range, but that is just insane. Because Universal did this, didn't they, with Harry Potter, and I don't know, Judge, you probably know a bit more than me as to whether this has had any sort of adverse impact on Universal. No, in fact, they've actually doubled back to actually increase their price to match Disney twice this year. So they're doing it Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. If Disney didn't have shareholders, we wouldn't have an issue because it's all about the greed of shareholders. That's that's the whole purpose of this. And mm. if, if they don't get the percentages they promise and the shareholders are up mm. in arms and the chief exec have to stand down, it's just what we'll be turning in is uh, cryogenic coffin at the moment. <laughs> it's had to be spinning around like a yo-yo. Um, but on the flip side of it, I'd like to say the fact that, you know, I disagree with it. I think it's disgusting. I think it's terrible that shareholders dictate to it but as a hypocrite I am will I still pay for it of course I yeah, will well, yeah, that's, that's the mm-hmm. worst part we all moan about it but we love Disney that much we'll all still pay for it so. I, I think that's the thing because it's Disney we'll pay for it innit? Yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting while in Disneyland Paris over the weekend I heard a conversation happening between a couple uh, I'd just come off Pirates of the Caribbean and they were stood by uh, Blue Lagoon looking at the price of the food and saying never look at the price of the food there that it was so expensive and uh, but it's so lovely uh, but the food they were saying but the food was really good and actually I, I was following them up afterwards and they Stop were saying, I, know, I, was, I was stalking people. No, but I was always walking up and they were walking upstairs in front of me. They were saying, but it's Disney. And if you went to uh, Alton Towers or somewhere like that and you saw £25 for a main course, you'd be like, whatever, it's Alton Towers. I'm not doing that. But yet in Disney, you go, 
or the mm. it's Disney and people just pay it and it's the same sort of thing with this that actually as much as we are disgusted at the fact that Disney have dared to put the ticket price for children up to the same as an adult there's no way we turn around and say well you can't come son oh no actually no there's that you know there's no way that you would say well you're now paying the same price as we are we just won't go it just doesn't happen and i think disney mm. know this disney know people are going to pay it no matter what and that's part of the problem really that you know disney can keep pushing and pushing and everyone will say miss disney will do it it's like it's like uh, apple you know if, if apple say they're going to bring out a product and it's going to be 200 dollars more expensive it'll still sell it's exactly the same with Disney. That no matter what happens, it'll still sell. Uh, just to give you an idea of the ticket prices um, for 2012 and 2013, uh, 2012 ticket price for a uh, 14-day unlimited ticket for adult is £236. It's gone up to 252 for 2013. Uh, a 21-day is 274, which is going up to uh, I've just got to double check 284. Uh, in so it's only going up £10 in 2013 and then the 7 day ticket is still the same price as the 14 day ticket as they've done in the past so uh, children's wise it's 209 for a 14 day which is rising to 232 uh, a 21 day is 247 rising to uh, actually not rising it's dropping Ooh. that's weird let's just tr- no 247 Rising to 264, sorry, is going up. And then, oh. yeah, I thought it was dropping. This I was is like, why it's drum and not maths. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not maths, teacher. And uh, the seven day, again, is doing the same thing. So seven or 14 days, no matter what. So actually, looking at it, your uh, 21 day is actually quite good value for me day-wise and isn't having such a huge pay, uh, huge, huge ticket rise as the 14 and the seven day are. But there we go. That's all the ticket rises that are going on in and around the parks. Now, uh, let's... Um, Kind of, we're heading over to Disneyland Paris, but on the, we're, we're on the plane on the way, and uh, while we're on there, we're going to have our little vinylmation discussion because there's something interesting happening about uh, Vinyl Park Series Ten, I believe, Jez. Is there? Oh yes. Um, <laughs> something interesting about Vinyl Park Ten. I wasn't quite sure where you're going there. <laughs> I thought it was an episode of Lost Dead on our yes, way we're, to we're fly over. Um, yeah, Vinylmation Park Series Ten is all about Le Disneyland Le Paris. Um, do you know, I don't recognise... I've gone through this, and some mm. of them I get, and some of them I don't get. But they do cover everything there. So light motors action. You've got um, Caves of the World entrance. The, the one which I recognise instantly without having mid was the skull. Yeah. Uh, you've got Big Thunder Mountain Train, Orbitron, Tav, Terrace. To, to, I think it's quite a nice set. Yeah, um, okay. because they've done some of the right, the bigger rides that you sometimes miss out elsewhere for. So Tower Tower, everyone will want, but no, I'm I'm pleased with this set. I like it. I'd like to have it all if I was as rich as a drama teacher. <laughs> Do you wish? No, um, <laughs> I wish. Uh, <laughs> um, I I really like this set. I think it's uh, actually quite nice to see that they're they're sort of acknowledging some of the other parks one of the concerns for some people was well if it's a a park series 10 Disneyland Paris series does that mean it's just going to come out Disneyland Paris and nowhere else well there was this fear and there were people who are absolutely adamant there's no way in a million years park series 8 will make it to Walt Disney to Disneyland Paris because it's for the 40th anniversary of of Walt Disney World there's no way they're going to release it in Paris no one will know and I was there this weekend and there were trays and trays of Park Series 8 just as I expected there would be and I would expect this will be absolutely the Mm. same Um, 
but there's some debate as to what some of them are and I think we, we can kind of definitely say what we think some of them are just has already picked up on Lights, Motors, Action, Cave of Wonders we've got the It's a Small World Sun from the sort of above the main entrance we've got the Treehouse which I still don't get why everybody is so enamoured by Swiss Family Treehouse I don't think anyone is are they? well no that's the thing I just don't get it I, I, just, I never have <laughs> it's a it's just me you get a nice no. view of the castle from yeah, up there that's, that's about it <laughs> great for why. photos and that I think that they think Kez is right yeah. there you go yeah. but I just I've never got it I've never understood it but there's another to be fair if you walk around with people that's the sort of thing people go uh, I'm not quite sure where I am and what I'm doing yeah exactly I've, mm. I've climbed into a tree house uh, and now I'm just wandering around uh, we've got the uh, Toy Story parachute drop the Indiana Jones and the Temple du Perel um temple and snake heads we've got the phantom manor's uh, mayor of, of the town which i think is brilliant ghost town the one uh, on the photos on the website far uh, front left we think is orbitron we don't know for definite but having looked at it again this weekend i'm kind of more convinced that that is going to be orbitron um, i'm settling the argument now the uh, train at the front is big thunder mountain okay i'm settling this argument i had this argument with nick on destination Vinomation this past week about whether it was the train that went around the park whether it was indeed the train that is big thunder mountain i went on big thunder mountain two or three times and each time studied the front of it and this is a big thunder mountain train no argument end of right i've made that decision nick if you're listening don't argue uh, and then we've got Tower of Terror, and then we've got School Rock, which is from uh, Adventure Isle as well. Really nice set. Any there particular cars that stand out to you as as ones you want? Oh, definitely the Tower of Terror one because that's my favourite ride, and uh, the Mare because that is amazing. That's um, very unique, isn't it? Mm, I like the Cave of Wonders ones quite good as well. I like all of them really. This is the first set I think of Animation where I thought actually I would like any one of those. So it's the set, the first set. I feel like mm, I might want to complete that. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't mind the lights motor section, that's quite nice. I definitely want to try and get hold of the mayor and the big thunder train. Mm. Um and so the the others are nice, but they're not I but I am always the same with every single series that come out. There's ones that I want and ones that I get I'm quite happy to have but I'm not bothered about. Just mm. which ones there particularly for you stand out as ones you'd want to collect? I don't know, I'm not fussy. School, no. To be honest, I think School Rock was the moment I notified. Mm-hmm. I noticed straight away and could have. So yeah, um, Tower Terror. I do wish that I don't know they could have done something better for that. But well, it's, it's along the lines of the other ones that they've done, and they've. I suppose those people who are Tower of Terror collectors, this is one to add to the mm. collection of the Tower of Terror animations that are out already. But you'd like them all because what it represents. So. Yeah, true. Yeah, because they are Disneyland Paris, and it's our home park, so to speak. Mm. So do we know what the chaser is? No, we have no idea what the chaser is at the moment. But what what could it be? Mini <coughs> mm. Mouse with hairy armpits with a cigarette. Castle? <laughs> I think Castle. That's the only thing mm. I can think it would be because it's so unique. One of the trees. <laughs> a small <laughs> tree. Because they're very unique. They're all square and stuff like that. A rude French cast member. The dragon underneath the castle? Oh, yeah, it could be dragon. Mm. Yeah, that could be dragon. That's possible. Foie gras. Oh, no, don't even go there. <laughs> Still makes me shiver every time I go past that place. <laughs> oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> right, so we're, up, we're about to land, so we better uh, shut up about this. 
Okay. Um, so we're, we're heading into the parks. We're, we're actually not heading into the parks. We're heading just outside the parks because uh, Disney are building a new giant shop, which they haven't announced. Um, which I know sounds a real surprise for those of you who know about Disneyland Paris. But they are well and truly under construction uh, for the World of Disney Store. This place opens next month. It looks stunning from the outside, I've got to admit. Uh, it, they've uh, still got the construction hoardings up, but the actual building itself is lit up in the evening now and looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, still a lot of work to go, but over the past um, few weeks, Disney have been releasing more and more info, and they actually did a presentation which they shared with the fans that were out there at the time, and uh, they've actually allowed us to get hold of some of the images that were part of that presentation, so you can see the interior uh, and exterior of the building. Now, the uh, outside, if you've not seen it, um, is actually sort of half a globe positioned in the top of the the main centre turret, I suppose, and there's going to be two entrances into the store. On either side of the World of Disney uh, front entrance is going to be the sign with World of Disney, and then there's a Mickey and a Minnie uh, sort of statue on either side. These have been basically ripped off the old sign that was in New York and have been brought over and placed on their own little pedestals on either side of the entrance. But inside... Uh, sort of going with the theme that Disney have always had with these balloons and Jules Verne idea. It looks like there's going to be sort of a, a hot air balloon that's going to be hanging from the very, very centre of the room, I would guess, somewhere within that turret maybe of uh, of the, the world. And then there's going to be sort of uh, images around the outside. And just from what I can see from the artwork, we've got things like Ratatouille and Tarzan in there that are going to have sort of giant almost murals that are going to be above uh, guests that are walking in and around. It looks like it's going to be quite a big store, sort of space-wise. They've already given us some ideas of uh, locations for 20th anniversary merchandise and some of the styles of merchandising that are going to be in there and some of the sort of clothing racks and things like that. It's, uh, I'm trying to think of a way to describe what it looks like on the inside. And I, I'm kind of going it, it almost sort of Jules Verne-esque again mm. with that sort of idea of the way it's going to be. But... Um, sort of square footage wise this store is going to be huge um it's got as i said the two entrances in uh one the main one is sort of to the right as you look with the other one just slightly further around sort of as you're inside disney village almost i would guess next to the entrance to um the cinema the gourmet cinema but just the the size of the store with the size of the the shop fittings and everything that are there um it looks like it's going to be a really nice space. It's going to have particular World of Disney merchandise that you're going to be able to buy. Uh, they've got an inaugural pin, which is uh, going to be a limited edition, 1,000 uh, limited edition, which is going to be uh, $12.99. They've also all got an, an inaugural women's T-shirt for $29.99 and a male one for $29.99 as well. So they're going to have some special products just for that particular opening. Um, so... It looks like they're really going for this. Um, have you had a chance to look at the images, Judge, on the website? Yeah, I guess I just think there's a lot of investment going in. I think I think it's brilliant. Long time in coming, but the whole place is looking absolutely amazing. I think at the moment. Now, Ken, you posted the story, so you had a chance to look through the entire presentation. Is there mm. anything else that you sort of saw that, that's not on the website um, that's, that looks interesting to you? The, the um, images that you're talking about that wrap around the top of the um, near the globe part mm. you can buy those as lithographs for 99 euros I think so replicas of those to take wow. home they look okay. really lovely but yeah as you say it's very like Jules Verne inspired and again with Disneyland Paris they always go to town on the detail and everything is so beautiful and they've really 
done outdone themselves with this. I can't. I really can't wait to see this. Um, I think there's going to be some interesting merchandise because obviously the space now might see a lot more unique stuff coming. Which brings the next question, really. What is the fate of Disney Village because of this? Uh, mm. You know, there's looking through all of the stores this past weekend, a lot of that stuff is going to be replicated inside the world of Disney. Yeah. And what really is going to happen to that retail space down there? Are we, are we seeing this becoming an entire retail space for outside uh, companies, a little bit like um, Westside has become? Mm, I wonder if they'll do something like that, but maybe have something like D Street. So I wonder if we'll see a bigger Vinylmation type specific shop, which would be quite nice. That'd be great. Especially, Mm. well, Disney Gallery is the one that has the biggest range of collection outside of of the the parks. And their selection isn't extensive. Mm. So I think if we could get a specific Vinylmation shop in that Disney Village, that would be brilliant. And then, again, as you said, they probably might sell it to some... or rent it out to some outside vendors. Hmm. What do you think, Jez? I don't know. I think probably more dining's needed there. Yeah. It's exciting in mm. dining. I definitely agree that it needs a animation store of some description. But I think the village needs to expand, and hopefully that's what, that's what secretly I'm hoping for, is the expansion of the village beyond what it is. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the village is looking a little bit... We're running down in places now. We've still got the entrance to Hurricanes up. Mm. That's not gone anywhere. And it's I'm a massive surprised. potential at night, isn't yeah, it? You it, still look yeah. at it and think, there's so much more you can do here and bring money in. It's untrue. Well, you still they got... need to bring the Adventurers Club in. There you go. Billy, oh, yeah, that'd, that'd be great. great. Yeah. <laughs> already um, sort of uh, still going, and that's doing really well for itself. Buffalo Bill's still filling mm. up the cinema. Uh, you've got lots of people down there at night, you know, just milling around to go and get food. So there's still plenty of opportunity to bring some more dining options in, something unique, something a little bit different. Uh, Earl of Sandwich, surprisingly, when I visited, was extremely quiet. It was a slightly later lunch. It looked nice. But yeah. the food was fantastic. Um, I had a... It was called a cannonball, so it was just basically like a meatball sub, and then a, a Hawaiian chicken, which was chicken barbecue sauce and pineapple and cheese mm. both really good really tasty um 550 someone was asking this 550 for um for a sandwich wow. um so it's you know it could be worse mm. yet there was hardly anybody in there and i was really surprised mcdonald's was its usual heaving standard Blech. um but i it was i think when i went in oh, there was me and two or three other people and that was really it and I was really, really surprised to see it that quiet. So it will be interesting to see what happens with that space and whether they do begin to, to be quite creative with it once World of Disney's open, whether the, the Hurricanes projects and all that sort of stuff are things that are, are expected to come next. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. Uh, well, that's all our Disneyland Paris news. But uh, another piece of information, uh, another news item that Kez put up on the website was uh, something, a new film called Frozen that particularly caught my eye. Yeah, that's coming apparently next year at some point. And it's going to star Kristen Bell and Adina Menzel, who some of you might have known as um, Alphaba from Wicked in Broadway. Yeah, and she's also and made Glee. appearances on Glee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to be an epic tale of adventure and comedy. It's computer animated and, as I said, coming out next year. Directed by Chris Buck, who did Tarzan and Surf's Up. are going to be produced by Peter Del Vecho. Who did 
Yeah, we did Winnie the Pooh and Princess and the Frog. Um, so we have Kristen Bell as Anna, who's a young dreamer about to take an adventure of a lifetime, and actress in Dina Menzel as Elsa the Snow Queen. So basically, this is going to be based around the original Hand Christian Andersen's Snow Queen story. Um, it's going to feature original songs, so a bit like we had with Princess and the Frog, so hopefully... Um, some more great new Disney music coming and that's going to be written by Broadway um, producers Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez his wife um, I'm so pleased by that I know so hopefully as I said we're going to get some really really nice new music and it says that encountering Everest like extremes so maybe this was the Everest thing mm. that was talked about so long ago so I can't now see Everest being turned away from the Yeti I don't know it might be able to tie in because it says mystical creatures like after Everest like extreme so maybe we might get a Yeti in there does seem a little bit odd though because <laughs> um, I don't th- it doesn't seem that this is set in the Himalayas they don't really tell us where it's set so it's very early sort of information mm. isn't it um, the, the one thing I really love uh, for those of you who don't know who uh, the uh, who Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez are they wrote the music for um, Avenue Q but they also were behind the original songs and everything that came with Finding Nemo the musical in mm-hmm. Animal Kingdom so they've got a sort of a good reputation and the Winnie the Pooh film as well the new oh, of one. course yeah mm. they did do that one as well um, the interesting thing with this is it looks like it's the sort of the next one in the line of of tangled and that style yeah um we've obviously got wreck it ralph coming out this year which is going back to the old style of of disney's uh well not the old style i suppose it's computer generated but it sort of goes along with the chicken little and those sort of things whereas it seems that disney know that the princess and the frog and rapunzel and those style of things uh, are becoming popular once again and, mm. and so well with those two films that I kind of hope this is going to be equally as good. I hope so. But Juz probably doesn't care. One- <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of the Snow Queen and, and I suppose it, it's the next one they need to go for. I just, I mm. always wonder, like, where can Disney turn next with, with fairy tales and things like that because they've done everything. Yeah, uh, but the Snow Queen they haven't done indeed. So uh, interesting choice. But there's no obvious like princess in this, so that's quite an odd choice. So I'm guessing we're looking for this to be coming out summertime for us. I would think maybe Possibly. even October. Hmm. You think they might release it later in the year? Obviously, it being the Snow Queen, it might be a good Christmas. So what are you thinking? This could be the Thanksgiving release in, mm. in the US, and then yeah. it could be a 2014. February release for us. Yeah. Which would work as Wreck It Ralph is February, so that would be a year on. Mm. There is a possibility so, that, that could be. To wait and see. You have to wait and see, definitely. But um, there we go, that is all of our news and our rumours. So uh, while we're in Disneyland Paris, so we've, we're talking about a film while still in Disneyland Paris, we'll stay there and we're going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, my trip out there for the 20th anniversary. To make a little Disney magic. Attraction Tickets Direct is the UK's number one ticket provider for Disney, Universal, and the worlds of Discovery Parks. 
They offer unbeatable prices and expert advice on all the major tickets and attractions in Orlando, California, and Paris. The service Attraction Tickets Direct provides is second to none. Lines are open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., seven days a week. Customers receive real tickets, not vouchers, within seven days. And there are no hidden extras, such as credit card fees or posted surcharges. Now that's what you call great service. Log on to www.attractionticketsdirect.com or call free on 0800-975-0002. Whenever you hear that music, you usually think that it's going to be a little bit of the uh, red box conversation, but on this occasion, we're going to do something a little bit different because... I had an email this past week from a listener who uh, wanted me to share something uh, and I've only kindly agreed that I would do that. Now, I don't want to give away too much because I know there's people who listen to this show quite often when they're in the car. Uh, they'll often listen to it as a family. Some people might be listening to it on their own. But these particular people uh, are usually or sometimes listen in the car. And in fact, I think might be in the car right now as we speak. And not only that, I think they might even be going out for dinner. And these people are guys that we met at Mouse Meets. They're lovely, lovely people. And I had an email from uh, a guy asking if we could let some people know what was going on very, very soon. Because December is a very, very important time for a lot of people. It's Christmas. It's when families get to get together and get to do lots of really great stuff. But for these people, this Christmas is going to be a little bit different. Because on the 21st of uh, December this year... They're going to be flying out to Florida and they have absolutely no idea until now that they're on their way out to Walt Disney World for Christmas. So, Jay, Tommy and Marek, if you are listening to this right now, I've got some good news for you. On the 21st of December of this year, you are heading out to Walt Disney World for a family vacation. So I hope you have a fantastic time. And uh, no doubt you're probably going crazy in the car right now. Yes, I am talking to you, Jay, Tommy and Marek, right this second. I hope you have a fantastic time out there. And we're going to get on with the rest of the show. Hi, everyone. This is Craig Duncan. Please come and join me for my soul show every Sunday at 9 o'clock UK, 4 p.m. Eastern, You'll only find me on Orlando Sky Radio. Come by and say hi. Right, Disneyland Paris. Uh, for those of you who are Walt Disney World fans, I apologise if you're listening to this, but it's quite interesting, I suppose, to hear what's going on in the other parks. Uh, because this year, as you may or may not know, Disneyland Paris are celebrating their 20th anniversary. They've got loads of great new events that are going on in the park for people to enjoy. But before we start talking about that, I want us to have a bit of a discussion about um, the Disneyland Paris's Studio Tram Tour. And just about whether or not maybe it's finally had its day. And um, I sort of rode this uh, this past couple of days because I wanted to basically see 
what was going on with the Ratatouille area of the park. Uh, they've got. I knew that they'd had to sort of move some of the road and that sort of stuff because of it. So I queued 40 minutes for this attraction, watched everybody get off looking quite miserable as they left, and sort of got on to the, um, the ride itself. And as we were going round, um, it soon it struck me all of a sudden that um, this attraction was a shell of its former self. We've got only now two narrators, French and English. English narrator being Jeremy Irons, who has not been in a film for years and years and years. Also, the screens, several of the screens on the attraction weren't working properly. They were flickering on and off here and there. Um, then uh, it became quite clear that as I was travelling around the tram tour, the latest or the newest film that was in there was from 2001. Uh, so we had Pearl Harbor, Reign of Fire uh, for 2001. Uh, you've got Dinosaur in there from 99, I think it was. But there was nothing new in there whatsoever. Dinotopia, the set there, you know, they're still using the Dinotopia images on the screen. And yet, I don't think anybody really knows what Dinotopia is anymore. Also, it's starting to look quite messy because you've got our, a new road that was constructed. They've taken off part of the front of... Um, front of what is basically uh, the, the, the Dinotopia set and they've put a new roadway in there um, and they've sort of cordoned off the old roadway and they've put green mesh so you can see into what's going on with Ratatouille and there does seem to be quite a lot going on in there um, but into Catastrophe Canyon when, when the train goes into to Catastrophe Canyon there is um only part of it working. So you had the the earthquake going, you had the the explosions, you had the water coming down from the back, but there was no rain to start off with, and there was no um, water coming over the roof either. And obviously you go into the rain and fire section afterwards, which is a ride that nobody knows about, and I just wonder what your opinion was with with regards to this. Are Disney holding out because they've got some plans for this? Should they be getting rid of it and putting something else in? It's amazing the size of the area that there is for the attraction uh, and the the land that would become available by getting rid of it. So I don't know, Jess, what's your opinion on on, uh, Trump Tour? Should it be still there or should they be thinking about getting rid of that? To be fair, I'm talking about talking to Zoe about what to have for tea. I've noticed she's on my Um, Do you know what? How long have we all been saying, oh, it's going, oh, I know where you're coming from, but do you know what? I don't want it to go. I just want it to spruce up a bit and be there, and it's not going to cost us spruce up a lot because I enjoy it. So I don't even care how old the films are, mate. I really don't. I just think they need to do it, do it right, and I'll be a happy kitten. And I know lots of people sit there and go, oh, can't wait for it to go, but I I do enjoy it. But the costuming department's gone as well, and, you know, you don't get any of that. You've still got the costuming department signs up, but you can't actually see any of the costuming or the set or anything like that. It's it's kind of like a bit of a relic. Do you know what I'd like is almost a a timeline of Disney, though, couldn't it? That would work. You don't need to be up to date, but you could just do... Yeah. You know, you go around Hollywood Studios and you see the plane and stuff, Mm. and I enjoy that. So some kind of timeline... And if they could put like bits of the costuming stuff back in, I think they literally just need to yeah. expand it slightly, um, update a few of the bits that are in there, because it'd be such a shame. It's one of my favourite things to do in um, both Walt Disney World and Disneyland Paris is to go on the studio 
tram tour and no matter how many times we've seen it we always go back and see it and it's just it is really sad the Paris one that so much of it now has been cut out and it's so short and they don't they have a few interesting things there but it'd be nice just to update those um, props and vehicles and put back the costuming department and what they can do of it but I found that also on the tour there were uh, new things that were appearing like um props that were on the castle for the 15th anniversary so those golden props mm. were suddenly on the tram tour I was like it's, that's quite <laughs> what's that all about and I want, I want to sort of throw something out there because mm. what I realised is while we're on the tram tour the actual space they use is huge what happens if Disney were thinking about putting Cars Land in Disneyland Paris mm I'd love to see Cars Land in Disneyland Paris because I've seen the videos of it yeah. and it looks incredible and it would be amazing to have it there I but think more at the same time I would be really sad to see this even though Cars Land would be an amazing addition I would be sad to see the town tour go see a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago I'd have said I would have been but now I think it's it's getting to the point where it's just getting so old and I just don't know I think they put the effort to update it, it'd be right, but yeah. It needs a major update if it's going to stay. Because um, a lot of people around, you could hear them going, What's that film? What's this? What's that? What's this? Yeah, I agree, especially the Dinotopia thing. It's a bit like, uh, It's cool how they used it for the Halloween thing with the big D, and that was. That's the only thing (laughs) that kind of makes me think maybe they shouldn't get rid of it because the stuff they do on Terrific Night is fantastic. The past two years has been really great. Mm. and that would be a huge part of the draw for that event missing but I don't think you can keep it for a draw for two nights of a year it just doesn't work yeah would you not like to see Cars Ninjas? no really? I just don't get it as a fan chance well, I think we talked about this didn't we not on the show we, we were talking about this on Skype about um is it enough of a franchise that's going to be around in 10, 15 years' no. time to be big enough? Like Toy Story is, like Toy Story Playland is. Um, I don't know. I... It's a hard one, but then children like cars anyway, whether they recognise them from yeah. the film or, oh, it's just cool to go in a race car. So I think it'll always like have that appeal. And Radiator Springs races looks, just look phenomenal. Oh, yes. I can't wait. You know, it does look phenomenal. Um... Okay, so we were a bit undecided on this. I wanted to go. You two are quite happy for it to stay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. Uh, let's talk about some of the 20th anniversary stuff that's going on then. I'm just going to quickly go through some of the bits and pieces that are there uh, and just sort of explain what's going on with them all, especially if you're heading out there. There were a few people who were on Facebook saying, oh, what's what's the 20th anniversary stuff like? Is it really that good? You know, Is it worth going to see? My answer to you is yes. Uh, it's definitely worth going out there for the 20th anniversary stuff although saying that some of the really great stuff I think will be around way past the 20th anniversary Um, we'll start off with uh, one of the newest attractions that's come for the 20th anniversary and that's the Meet Mickey Mouse Uh, yes I admit I felt a bit of an idiot joining the queue on my own with um, lots of other families with children. But the idea is uh, the old Fantasyland Stage Theatre has now been taken over to become this meet and greet. You enter onto the right-hand side, and out the front, it's got Meet Mickey Mouse above it. 
and it's got lots of posters of Mickey doing all sorts of different things, uh, magic tricks and all that sort of stuff, and there's some of the other characters that as well. And you enter through that door, and you enter into a small foyer area where there's some images of uh, some of the characters dressed up in different things, and then it sort of takes you through into what was the old sort of theatre seating area, uh, which is now a big indoor sort of posh theatre. It's got a a really great... um, comedy tragedy Mickey Mouse faces above the theatre stage uh, which are really clever and then there's a screen in the middle of the stage which is just playing continuous Mickey Mouse shorts Um, and it's quite interesting to watch how the queue moves because the queue was 40 minutes when I was in it and um, the queue whenever a cartoon starts the queue stands still the cartoon plays and when the credits come up the whole queue moves forward and as soon as the next cartoon starts everyone stops again so you've got like a queue that sits still for three or four minutes and then suddenly everybody pushes forward. Um, and you queue zigzag through the queue as you're watching that big screen. You've got images of Daisy and uh, Minnie on either side in there. And what I can, I can almost describe, I suppose, is a little bit like Country Bear Jamboree portraits in a mm-hmm. way. Uh, Minnie's on a... Uh, Daisy's on a swing, Minnie's got a parasol. Um, and then you go across the front of the stage in the final and uh, take a left and it takes you up a set of stairs at the side which takes you to the the backstage area and I've got to say the theming for this is phenomenal absolutely amazing how they've done this theming I uh, it, you look up and when you look up you've got stage lighting up there some that's on some that's off you've even got bits of set that are hanging from the ceiling that uh, are clearly there because they can be dropped in at any point for the next show and everything that's going on. On the walls as you go through the backstage area, there are um, different posters that represent things that Mickey's been in. So uh, Mickey Mouse's Mr. Mouse Takes His Trip is on there. There's a great clock cleaners poster, uh, which was really fantastic. And they're on the walls as you go through. And then you go down this little corridor and you have to stop. And they make you stop and wait. And then when you stop and wait, you're in this, it's almost like a small corridor. And then they say, forward you come, please come forward. And then you turn the corner and then you basically end up in a room with Mickey Mouse. And the room is pretty much identical to what you're getting in Walt Disney World. You've got things like the Saw of Dread, uh, Wed Illusioneering poster, the blueprints that are up there. You've got a load of the books that are up there as well. They're in French. So you've got uh, the Magician's Hat which is written by Yen Sid. You've got the Magic Kingdom. You've got all sorts of those elements as well. You've even got the poster or the, the, the picture board that is in um, Walt Disney World. And you've got from Mickey and... Um, it's all for Mickey and Oswald from Jason, the one uh, that's on there. And there's some of the posters which are in French are up on there as well. And then you turn the corner and there is Mickey Mouse stood in front of you in front of a big red curtain. And you can have your photo taken with him. And on the, sort of the opposite side, you've got his magician suit, spare pair of gloves, his spare wands, his dice, his um, Mickey shoes. And then he's got a, um, like a pouch that's got a cane in it and also an umbrella, Mary Poppins umbrella with the green parrot on it, which I thought was quite a nice touch as well. And then you come out of the other side and you've got actual replicas of the, the Saw of Destiny and the Tank of Terror that you've seen the blueprints for. Um, but the one thing that's baffled me, and I still cannot work this out, is that when we walked through with all the other people, there's all these people that went through, there was probably ten of us together. Um, you just appear in this room with Mickey Mouse, but when you come out the other side and you come out the back door, all of a sudden you see other people coming out of two other doors. 
So there's actually, by the looks of it, three meet and greet rooms, of which obviously Mickey runs between. Um, but I cannot work out for the life of me how they send you to a room because it just looked like we went around the corner and we were in the room. And I can't work out how they block off that room to go through that one or that one to go through that one. It's some clever magic. I don't know how they do it. But um, really great addition. Really nice to see that we can finally meet Mickey Mouse in an interactive environment. It's not standing out on the street, possibly in the rain, for, for 20, 30 minutes. Um, would this encourage you to meet Mickey when you haven't done it before? Or um, I think, yeah, definitely. Especially because um, I've seen some videos of this and it looks absolutely incredible. And the theming and way more so than the one in the Magic Kingdom because it actually feels like you're going properly mm. backstage yeah it really does and I think that's amazing and there's so much detail to look at that I would probably go through that queue at least twice just to take loads of pictures and stuff because it is and I love those theatre masters of the stage I've got a load of photos that I took while I was there I had 40 minutes so I've taken a load of photos which will go up on the website at some point this week so do go and check that out I'm taking it just that it still doesn't interest you in the slightest okay. no, I, no this is no because yeah if I had, was with my kids, yeah, I wouldn't go in there as as myself or me Billy No Mates <laughs> with a camera. <laughs> with a camera, no, God no. But if I was with the kids, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Okay, okay. So that that's the meet and greet, meet and greet for Mickey. That's not going anywhere. That's going to be there for a long time. Uh, we've got the new Disney Magic on Parade, um, which uh, basically has a brand new soundtrack, which we'll play to you in uh, in a little while. Um, it's called Magic Everywhere. It's typical Disney. It's typical Disneyland Paris. It's the cheesiest, most annoying <laughs> song that they've ever written, but yet you can't help but sing it. And I was walking around the park and I've just got it in your head. And now I can hear it in my head and it's just going over and over and over and over. And you sort of like, you end up thinking, this song is brilliant. It's, it's really typical, sort of gets the atmosphere, gets the idea works really well we've got two brand new floats uh, one at the front and one at the back of which uh, it sort of starts off with the the three fairies from Sleeping Beauty and then you've got a, a sort of a 20th anniversary castle float which has got both uh, fairy godmother and the blue fairy on it and they're waving and saying hello to people with a big 20 on the front of it uh, Merlin's right on the very very back that's followed by horse and carriage which has got uh, I think the first one is Aurora and uh, Prince Charming. Then we've got um, uh, Cinderella and her prince uh, is the next one. And they're all on fake horses, not real horses. Then we've got Snow White and the prince as well. Uh, and then it moves on to a float with Little Mermaid and Tiana. Rapunzel is on there as well. Um, and then the floats are then a little bit recycled. So we've got... Um, Next is the Alice in Wonderland float, which has Pinocchio on the back. That pretty much does the same thing, as does the Toy Story float, um, and with uh, Tigger and that on the back. They're identical to what they've always been. They've just added a few 20th anniversary bits here and there. Uh, Then you've got the uh, Lion King and Jungle Book float, followed by the Pirates, uh, Captain Hook, and... uh, a Mary Poppins float and then we've got again the new float at the back this is the sort of celebration float it has uh, several sort of walkers and dancers that come in front and then the float itself has got like a canopy pavilion at the front that you find um, Minnie Mouse is under you've then got a bridge a bridge a bridge a bridge that houses both Chip and Dale Goofy is on the other side of the bridge along with everybody's favourite new character anybody guess who it is 
Duffy. Duffy. Duffy's <laughs> made it into the parade. So Duffy's on there as well. And then right up on the top, uh, you've got Mickey Mouse stood up on a sort of pedestal with smoke coming out and everything. Um, and they're all dressed in sort of like magician, magic, fantasy style costumes. They've all got like sorcerer's hats and everything on. Quite like the costumes. Colours are really nice. It's a good uh, sort of change to the parade. I'd like to have maybe seen a, a whole new parade rather than some mm. regurgitated stuff. But I understand, you know, that, that money is money and, and it's, it can be a little bit tight. But it's well worth uh, going to take a look at that anyway. Um, the other thing is the Disney's 20th anniversary celebration train. I don't think I can say anything about that other than it's just the same as it's always been. There's nothing new there. They've just repainted it and added a new piece of music. I didn't really bother to stop and watch it. I just saw it from a distance and thought it's not really worth seeing that again. It's just the same thing over and over again. But the one big draw, the one thing that I was really looking forward to is Disney Dreams. Now, I've seen some videos of Disney Dreams on the internet and I've watched, I only sort of partially watched them because I didn't want to ruin the entire surprise of seeing it. Now, you'll find that Disney Dreams will be the last thing that happens during a park day because it needs to be dark. Now, at the moment, it doesn't get dark till late. I think it was still light around sort of 20 to 10, even about 10 past 10. So Disney Dreams, when I was there, wasn't performed until 11 o'clock. But my word, was it worth the wait? This thing is just amazing. It is genuinely, I think, one of the best nighttime things Disney have created in some time. Um, it uses the combination of water jets from things like World of Colour and Fantasmic. It uses digital projection mapping from things like the Magic of Memories and You and fireworks from some of the great fireworks celebrations that have gone on throughout the years. You know, I cannot stress and I cannot tell you just how amazing this show is. It is just stunning. Um, the projection mapping they've used is phenomenal. Uh, they've included some great songs. And basically, the whole storyline is... Um, starts off with Peter Pan and Tinkerbell and uh, Tinkerbell or Peter, uh, Peter Pan's shadow uh, escapes from him and goes wandering and he, he jumps right up onto the top of the castle and he accidentally tips all of Tinkerbell's pixie dust out of the castle and out of the star at the top and then it's about the journey that Peter Pan's shadow makes to try and get it back and Peter Pan makes as well and it goes through all these fantastic films so we've got uh, the classics of Hunchback of Notre Dame in there Ratatouille appears um, you've got um, Be Our Guest in there as well all of the typical French stuff but then you've got the newer stuff like uh, Rapunzel makes it the, the Rapunzel sequence is just amazing in itself um, they use both Flynn and Rapunzel in either side on water screens and basically there are um, these the, the lanterns that go up the castle as if they're really floating uh, as they do as I see the light it's if you were there with a, a partner, it's probably the most romantic thing they've ever done in, in Walt Disney World. Um, Walt Disney World and Disneyland Paris. It's phenomenal. And I just, I, you know, I, I don't want to give too much away, but some of the effects they have, they, they make the castle look like it completely melts in front of your eyes. There's points where turrets disappear or spin round, where turrets become fireworks and shoot off into the sky it's you know if you have got young children and you are absolutely desperate to see this take them home for a rest if it's on late but you have to come back and see it it is such a good show um and i think if you don't come to the park during the 20th anniversary for anything else other than this come and see it uh it's not going anywhere there's no way in a million years it's going anywhere it's probably going to be updated it'll probably be changed and probably be altered but the show itself is about 22 minutes long 
and it is just absolutely phenomenal. Is this something you're going to go and see, Kes, this year? Uh, I can't make it this year just because of like holiday dates and we're doing the two weeks out in California. Right. And it's something, unfortunately, I don't think I'll even see next year. Oh, no. Which is a big shame because we're going to um, Florida and Miami for Joe's 30th. But I'm hoping, as you said, that it's going to be around for a long, long time now that I'll actually get to see it because this is the one thing out of all the 20th anniversary stuff that was announced as the one thing that I've been dying to see. It's not going to go anywhere because it's the one thing that will draw people. Mm. For and as you said, it can be like updated really easily. So I just can't express just how good the digital mapping is and the stuff they do. Jers, is this something that's going to drag you out to Paris? Yeah, it's probably the thing I was most jealous of when you went. So yeah, I think it got me thinking I've got to get out there this year. And the good thing about it is that actually because it's on the castle and they've now got rid of the central hub, the central plaza, there's plenty of space to see it. You don't have to be that close to see the whole thing. In fact, I suppose the further back you are, mm, the more the you better get the whole in one go. And the fireworks do spread quite a way across the water. So you want to be able to see a good panorama of, um, of the castle and everything. I was stood uh, just on the edge of the central plaza and I had a fantastic view from where I was. But there were people, you know, all the way down Main Street. Uh, but it, it is amazing uh, to see. And, you know, it's a must-see. You have to go. If you are there, you must see Disney Dreams. There's no way in a million years you can go and not see it. You'll kick yourself if you don't go and see it. It is truly phenomenal. So much so that I didn't video anything and I didn't take any photos. I was just absolutely gobsmacked by what I was seeing. A um, couple of other things about Disney Paris just for finish. Uh, firstly, the Disneyland app. We talked about this uh, probably a year ago or so. And this time was the first time I really had the opportunity to use the Disneyland Paris app properly. And it's, it works on GPRS and everything like that. Uh, it tells you, you know, when you're in the park, it tells you. And it really does work very, very well. Times on it, the waiting times are pretty much spot on and you can check them anywhere when you're in the parks it tells you the times guide for either park it tells you when your next show is coming up it tells you when the parade is you can set an agenda on it and everything so i knew i wanted to see the parade i need to set that for seven o'clock so i set that on the agenda and it told you about all those things as you went through but you were talking about virtual reality stuff as well one of the things that was really cool is they have a 3D option uh, mm-hmm. where you uh, you press on the 3D option and it uses your GPRS. And if you hold your camera up on your on my, on my iPhone and you move it round, it shows you, it, a, a little icon appears on the screen when you move around and tells you which direction that attraction's in and how many metres away it is. That's cool. So I was stood near Autopia and I turned round and I was stood right in front of Buzz Lightyear and it said that Buzz Lightyear was 63.3 metres away. So that's really clever as well. So it gives you those mm. elements, it gives you the character stuff and all that sort of stuff. But um, if you get any sort of free uh, or any sort of minutes included in uh, your internet while you're abroad, it's well worth getting hold of that Disneyland app. Um, and that's about it. Other than my grumpy haunted mansion woman, who was miserable, we had a, a, a host who was in the uh, stretchy room and she was really grumpy. And she, in fact, at one point pushed me forward into a load of other people so she could get through <laughs> she was quite rude I, so she's in character then oh well sorry like that but she was shouting at people about taking photos and all stuff she was really really quite miserable um, but other than that she must have been British then she wasn't <laughs> definitely wasn't British she was really really grumpy I couldn't believe it I was like oh my word you are actually quite miserable what are you doing here get out but that's everything um I just wanted to share with you the stuff to do with the 20th anniversary. There will be a load of photos going up on the website from the, the 
the Disney Magic on Parade. There will be stuff going up on there from uh, the um, the Meet Mickey Mouse stuff. So keep your eye out on the website over the next sort of week or so and you should be able to see a load of that stuff as well what we're also going to do right at the very end of the show today is we're going to play you the theme tune of magic everywhere you've probably heard it in the background while you've been listening to this but we're going to play it in full to you right at the end of the show so you can see it here just how annoying and cheesy it is as well um but that is it for episode 96 uh once again thank you for joining us i'd like to thank uh our sponsors which is uh touringplans.com and of course attraction tickets direct you can get hold of those at touringplans.com and attraction tickets direct.co.uk thanks uh to juz always a pleasure never chill and to kez thanks guys for joining us you can email us your questions your comments and suggestions podcast at disneybrit.com don't forget you can ring our voicemail number if you're in the u.s which is and you can go over to disneybrick.com as well to find out all your latest news and rumours and on the right hand side of the page you can click to contact us and leave us a free voicemail that we can get hold of and we can play on the show if you decide you want to send it don't forget we've got Facebook you can find it myself Juz and Kez and you can go to Disneybrick fan page and Mouse Mag and the whole lot Mouse Mag is still available via magcloud.com and also through their MagCloud app and in July there is a new edition coming out currently working on that as we speak you can also leave us a review on iTunes check out our YouTube channel for loads of new stuff and there was some new stuff that went up there recently from the uh, Jubilee Family Festival where we went to see uh, the Disney Family Tent and also the uh, Disney I've got to get this right Disney Magic in Concert or Disney Music in Concert I forget what it is the Magic of Disney in Concert there we go got it eventually um don't forget you've got Iron Orlando you can check out uh, that's a weekly show and you can download that from iTunes too and then that is pretty much everything and uh, that leaves me with nothing else to say other than episode 97 of the Disney Brit podcast will be available for you to download on Wednesday the 4th of July so until then we'll see you